mean, listen to that puppy roar, dude. This is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. You're listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. Enjoy. Yeah, you're a little low in my... I'm a little low in your ears? Yeah. Well, you're not at the same level I am. Oh, you are plugged in all the way, correct? Uh, yes. I think you're, I think you're better now. Um, yeah, it should be good. Uh, well, yeah, it works. Holy shit, he's back. First of all, we're going to call... We're ha- this is episode 82... Of the Herpeticulture Podcast, I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Jacob Bratz with J.L.B. Morelia, back in studio. He is back. Finally. He's back. He's here. Um, Dude, look at, I'm glistening. Yeah, I'm, I can already it's feel myself. I can Dude, already fans, feel myself starting to, happen. yeah, I feel myself starting to uh, get a little sweaty. It's good. We're burning calories while we're doing this. Yeah, sure. Um, Real quick. Before we get Zach on here, uh, our buddy, wait, man, I gotta make sure my phone settings are all, this is, oh, okay, totally unprepared, totally, so our buddy Jake Hansen over in Australia, I'll say sent me a care package today and it has an awesome chondro puzzle thousand piece puzzle so that'll keep me busy for a long time yep you gonna, are you gonna like glue it all together and put it, put yeah, it in dude. a frame i think so pause there's a jet yeah it's jet jet day jet season but he also sent these things called tim tams which i guess is like an australian cookie oh dude they're chocolate covered you you didn't get that from the picture no i thought they were Let me get one. Damn, dude. So this is a chocolate Tim Tam. And on the little, like, customs sheet, it said puzzle and then it said biscuits. And I was like, what? Or, like, I understand they call cookies and stuff biscuits, but I was like, are they like dog biscuits? No. They're regular biscuits. <laughs> Man, they're doing something right down there. Oh, those are pretty good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh yeah. They're melting already though. <laughs> Big time. These are really good frozen, like a thin man. James is gonna hate us. <laughs> you get up on the mic closer there. Yeah. I feel like getting Tim Tams from all the way across the world. This oh, yeah. is an exception worthy. Yeah, definitely had to eat deal. them on the show. I mean, what better time to to knock up some Australian Tim Tam. Tim Tam. Anyways, I love the name too, Tim Tams. I know, right? It's catchy. Mm. 
You want me this, to stick them in the freezer? Yeah. This episode, we are joined by Mr. Zach Herr of ZTH Photography. Uh, many of you probably know him as I Am Making Art on Instagram. He does some awesome uh, photography with a you know ton of dart frogs, ton of venomous, tons of really cool species. Um, so we're going to give him a call here. Jake, quick, get in position. Ugh. Did you have an ashtray? Somewhere. Right here. To focus on your Tim Tams. I know. Hey, what's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's going on, dude? Zach. What's up? What's going I've on? legitimately never done a Facebook messenger call before, so yeah. I'm glad I didn't mess that up already. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty straightforward. It just we find the audio quality is just better yeah. overall with that rather than like For a sure. cell phone tower call, so that's what we've been rolling with lately. <clears throat> um, we are recording, just so you know. Yeah. Cool. He likes to just throw you right into the water. Like you know, like <laughs> if you're standing on the side of a river and you were scared about jumping in, he just grabs you and throws you. That's him. Yeah, it is. Gotta get everything so you don't miss anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Raw and uncut. Oh, caffeine. All right. <laughs> Third monster of the day. I had to, like, get home, eat real quick. Open the package from Jake. Set oh. up like I was like, wait, you. what package? Yeah, no. We were just explaining Man, before we, have, we, we called have, you that we have two Jakes in Australia. Yeah. Man. yeah. And then me, Jake. The three Jake, dun, three Jake Skateers. Yeah. Too bad I'm the least cool of all of them. Yeah. You so. don't get carpets in your backyard. No, I don't. But. Oh, okay. So what's been happening, dude? Not much. I mean, quarantine's kind of a downer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really done much of anything for the past couple months. Day jobs working from home, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not really traveling for shoots or anything like that. No. I was going to say, do you not have, say, surely there's something somewhere that you could shoot and fill your time. I mean, do you, do you get out, like, go take trips as far as, like, herping and do any, like, wildlife photography? I do a little bit. It's like, it's a totally different game from studio stuff. Like studio stuff, I have basically total control over whatever goes on. Right. But then wildlife photography, like there's a bunch of other stuff that like factors in. So I usually get pretty frustrated, but I honestly, sense. I like looking and like doing like bug macro stuff. Mm-hmm. All that, that's fun. And then that's cool. salamanders are always a, a good find. Ooh, I love salamanders personally. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I was saying before we brought you on, like a lot of people may not recognize Zach Her or the ZTH photography, but they do recognize your Instagram handle, which is I am making art. For sure. And Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because like <clears throat> this is, I'm pretty sure this is like the first recorded anything that I've done. So most people probably have never even heard my voice before. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, like, I was crazy. thinking back. I was like, I don't think he's been on any podcasts. <laughs> which is all which yeah, I'm glad it's... you know to have you for your first. That's that's cool. I didn't know that. I just kind of assumed you had been on shows before. To be honest, like I've been following you for quite some time, and man, yeah, it's like I'm around like a bunch of people that do podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. and are very like visible on their social media, but just 
not my approach, I guess. But yeah, it is, it is weird. Like a lot of people are like, uh, like, oh, like you're so Instagram famous or whatever. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I really am. Like nobody really knows me. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows my photos, but like, yeah. I mean, I could be standing right next to somebody in a grocery store and they're looking at my Instagram and they have no idea. Yeah. And it just doesn't even matter in that sense. Yeah. I kind of feel that because, like, I've been in that spot before. Like, I know somebody, and like, I know that they know my name, but they don't know my face, sort of thing. Right. You know? You're the invisible man. I had somebody he didn't yeah. know, he didn't know who I was till I spoke because he had only listened to my voice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was when I've been, to, I've had like a booth at Tinley a few times, and every time I'm there, like people will walk up and they'll like recognize the photos. Cause like, Oh, like the snake and the sprinkle one or like yeah. tortoise eating a raspberry or whatever. And they'll look at me like, Oh, like this stuff is so cool. I love this guy's work. And like, I'm standing right there and they're oh, yeah, talking me to me about it. <laughs> and they like, they like know that I'm there running the booth, but they like, didn't connect it. Like it's me. Like I've been asked yeah. so many times, like, Oh, do you take all of these? Like, I love this Instagram. I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's me. Is this, <laughs> no, is this you? I pirate all the images Are you real and life? I sell them yeah. on cheap yeah. poster board or something. Yeah. I spent all the time printing and matting all of these just to stand in a booth of someone else's work. Yeah. <laughs> My life mission. <laughs> You're up near Tinley though, right? You're up, uh, up North. Uh, close. I guess it depends from where you're at. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so I'm about like, oh, okay. I think that's like five and a half, six hours from. It's a lot closer than us. Kenley, but it's like it's a quick morning drive. It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad for me. Like a long drive is eight hours. If it's under eight, like I'll do it. You know, yeah. But once it hits like that eight hour to, mark, I'm like, Ugh. when I first started photographing venomous stuff up in Michigan. The first couple trips, I'd like wake up at like 5 a.m., drive to be there by like 10:30 or 11, shoot until four or five, and then get back in the car and come home. But now I just Jeez. spend the night up there. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't do that anymore. It's a long day. Yeah, Jake's that, played that game with Daytona and stuff. Oh yeah. I that, wouldn't even, dude. I would have. Wouldn't have even done it. I did I it once. Like, sorry. And that wasn't that wasn't as radical as that because I you said that was like a five and a half hour trip. Daytona was like three and a half for me. So Still, yeah, no, that sucked. To be in a rush to like get back at a decent time and Yeah. You know. That sucked. I'm not I'm honestly not gonna go to Daytona again if I can't stay tonight. So it's probably what I would I feel do. like shows in general are about to be a lot different. Yeah, I'm already canceled for the year, and just see how people react to going back to them. Yeah, apparently Daytona is supposedly gonna happen, but if it does, it's I don't even on. I don't even know if I'm gonna go honestly. Yeah, they keep I saying that they're gonna do Tinley, but like I just don't see that happening this year. Yeah. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> let's backtrack a tad and. uh you just give us sort of the general intro, you know, who you are, what exactly yeah. it is that you do, the wizardry that is your photography. <laughs> I don't know if I call it wizardry, just... Oh, it's wizardry, insanity, right? It is, it is wizardry. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'm, I, it's, I'm about to say the sentence and it sounds weird. I am, I am making art, <laughs> which 
sounds weird. Uh, but yeah, that's my Instagram. My name is Zach. Um, I honestly, I really haven't even been doing photography for that long. I think I did like my first studio animal shoot, like end of 2015, early 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's only been about four or five years, but it, I don't know. It kind of just started by accident. I didn't really intend to get where I'm at. It just sort of kept going and more people kept asking me to come over to their place. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I, I originally bought a camera just to take photos of the dart frogs that I had bought when I first got into that. Uh, I kept them for a few years. And when I'd like tell people like what I did as a hobby, it was kind of hard to explain uh, because you're just like, oh, you know, like National Geographic, those brightly colored frogs in the rainforest, like that's what I do. But I bought a camera just to sort of mess around with it and take pictures of those. And then, yeah, it just, as I started to connect with more people through like the reptile and amphibian keeping hobby, that's when the photography stuff started to really take off. And I sort of, I guess still keep frogs, but I definitely don't keep nearly as many as I used to. I sort of phased out of that in favor of just hanging out with everybody else's collections because I don't have to do any of the work, but still get to see all the animals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like having somebody else's kids for a day. Yeah, 100%. not the one who actually has to deal with them at the end of the night. Yeah, except it's like hundreds of snakes or hundreds of frogs. (laughs) Yeah. So do do you travel a lot for what you do? Um, not a ton. Like that's something I get asked all the time. Like, I think social media just creates this huge like disconnect for like reality versus what it looks like. Yes. Right. I mean, like I said, like I live in Ohio and like the farthest I've ever been for a shoot, I think is like a little bit North of like Flint, Michigan. Okay. And like, it's not (laughs) like, I don't travel to all these like far off exotic places mainly just like around ohio to a few different people and then indiana and michigan and yeah it's just people are like kind of confused by that usually it's like oh you're not like out in the rainforest like no like how much do you think this pays because it's not enough (laughs) yeah like like, no i'm not doing that have any of my pictures appeared to be in the jungle somewhere yeah Yeah, i I kind of figured i kind of figured you didn't like actually go to the rainforest i kind of assumed that i just didn't know like how far you know you know travel yeah. for that stuff but that's pretty cool man i mean if you can do that kind of thing locally i mean that's even better like less cost exactly. you know all that good stuff you know that's i'd say yeah local like do it too. traveling with a lot of gear is stressful yeah I can like imagine. flying wise like driving where i've got it within arm's reach at all times is good but for sure. I'd be nervous flying. Well, especially <laughs> when you're, yeah, when you're buying, you know, the higher quality stuff, you know, you got money right. invested in that. And, For sure. And an airline yeah. says, oh, hey, we can't find your bag. Sorry. Yeah. We'll, what? we'll let it's... you know if we come across it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would suddenly not be an active photographer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then my life savings is gone. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, yeah, that... I, that's understandable i get it i you know it's easier it's, yeah. yeah it is it is handy though Flying like... sucks <laughs> to you i don't like it 
not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been over this. Yeah, it's it's fine, but I mean, like, I don't know when I can just drive and sort of do my own thing. It's a lot easier. Yeah, when you're on your yeah. own schedule, it makes it a lot easier. Right. And they're like a lot of people too. They'll be like, "Oh, like you should come photograph my stuff." I'm like, "Cool, where are you at?" And they're like, "California." I'm like, "Okay, well, I can't just like take a week off of work." to come photograph like the 10 geckos that you have (laughs) i do have a job they're paying you in (laughs) the blessing of their presence right yeah i get like you the the cost of you getting to come see my animals is is more than enough to compensate you for your work yeah right and i think like it's awkward because like some people clearly feel that way sometimes but it's like like my time is valuable just because like have a life outside of this i can't (laughs) i can't go on these crazy trips just for like a few leopard geckos or something like that now if you were like hey come drive to my place i've got like i don't know galapagos tortoises or something like yeah i would i'd show up (laughs) but it all just depends right yeah understandably so you you were you got an i remember so we've we highlighted you in the magazine like the third issue i think third or fourth um and you had mentioned you you sort of got into things with dart frogs um Mm -hmm. but what species like what were you what were you keeping at the time and what are you keeping now let me think here and this will be the part where i mispronounce all these different latin names and things like that um i started probably like, I think like 2012 mm-hmm. so eight nine years ago um and I think my first dart frogs I ever got were leucomelas and azurius I think those were the two that I started with mm-hmm. I of course didn't really know what I was doing I just got two and kept them together like people say you shouldn't do um, <laughs> like all the zoos do anyways yeah right uh, and then from there, I think like when I was like really breeding stuff and selling stuff, I think the most I ever had at one time was probably like 120 to 150. Jeez. Somewhere in there. A lot of those were like froglets because if they're like, yeah. if a clutch is like 15 to 20 at a time and you got several coming out, it adds up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a list of everything I've had. So I've had the Lukes, the Azurius. I've had uh, a few different phylobates. So I've got Vitatus now, or I had Vitatus and I've got Lugabrees now. And oh, then I had right. some of the, I had some of the like, I don't know, just like more uh, uncommon ones, I guess. So I had some mm-hmm. Adelphabates the femoralis and then i think no those are alibates and then i think the adelphabates were the kinky batatis those are really cool those are like they're like black with white stripes and then orange orange legs with black polka mm-hmm. dots are pretty sweet man there's so many species that I if know. i had a whole room yeah. oh man Dude, I'd be doing damage. Yeah, you'll be going off on all just, these different species of frogs, and I'm just, just like lost. Just in the lost. tink variety alone, you know, there's yeah. so many tinctorious, it's insane. Yeah, 
and I, I've had a few different Ranitomea species. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Pamelia now, and I've had glass frogs too. Yeah, I remember uh, you I talking that, about the girl, the glass frogs. That was yeah, those are cool. cool. That actually, that's probably the longest trip I've ever done for a photo shoot because I did take photos on that trip, and I rode with a friend in a transit van from. He came from Indiana, but picked me up in Columbus, and we went to Jersey and back in one weekend. Mm. We drove straight, straight through. Luckily, the the guy that was driving is like a um, a truck driver, so like he can do long trips no problem. No, yeah. but no. that was a rough weekend, but it was fun. Nice. I got to see some cool frogs, so always worth it. Yeah, I've, I got I've, some Ranitomea, and that's that's quickly becoming probably my favorite group of frogs so far. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, kept I, any, I love those. Yeah, I haven't kept a whole lot of uh, Uafaga. I, I got a originally got a trio of the Nicaraguan blue jeans, um, but I lost the males. So now I just have two females. Um, yeah, those those are almost always like wild cotton. Those yeah, are always these were, and I, I mean I never see the females. The females are. Yeah. I catch a glimpse of them, but other than that, they're tucked away in the bronze or something yeah yeah i've got the salt creeks and those are pretty active they're pretty neat there's just the variety is really cool like the i've got some that are like solid and some that have like spots on them and then just like a variety of like red to orange to yellow Mm -hmm. type colors i love the ones that alex at frog daddy has posted the orange ones with like the silver feet like yeah, that's the, what yeah. I, that's what I think of when I think of salt creeks, but yeah, they're they're cool. I've got some some with more like the white feet, and then some they're like a bluish gray almost. Mm-hmm. There's just the variability is really cool. Yeah, so I want to get more eventually of different species, but right now I'm completely yeah, the... strapped on space because <laughs> I've got that forty gallon right there, dude. Yeah, and I want some. Oh yeah, I want that's some, right. You've had that for a while now. I want some more phyllobates for that. Some mints or some bicolors or something. The so I'm working from home now with all this going on, and I really like the Luga grease that I've got. Mm-hmm. But man, I swear they call all day long. Yeah, nonstop. My vitatus. And it's that. like they sound great it's like that nice like bird-like call but man when i'm trying to be on like a zoom call or something <laughs> it's insane i think everyone at my work knows like what i do so i kind of expected it but i just gave up trying to mute myself because i can't keep up with it yeah anymore. for sure that's another reason i like yeah. my reina tomeas they're not like the vitatus and the lugamelis are loud mm-hmm. and the vanzellini and the imitators like you can hear them if the house is quiet. You can hear them from across, right. like across the house, but it's much more subtle. It's a little more pleasant. Yeah, that you Vitatus can... man when he starts going, it's like, dude, shut up! Like, yeah, put you in another room, locked. Yeah, yeah. The uh, when I'm at Jared's house, um, he's roughing Ranitomea. He's the one I did that poster with. His frog room is loud, despite being all Ranitomea, but he's got. He doesn't even know how many he has. He's got hundreds. <laughs> He's always posting it's, stuff it's for nuts. sale, and it's always tempting me. <laughs> what I tell him every time I go over there, like he has more and more grow out bins for froglets, <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah, I thought I was out of space last time you were here, but apparently I'm not because now I've got more." Mm-hmm. But it's always how it goes. High quality stuff for sure. You make space. You know what I mean? Right. You run out, you just create more. Like 
I'm currently in talks of like negotiations phases of converting this into a snake room. And if I do that, you know how much more room I'll have for frogs. <laughs> Move this over here to create more room here for more animals. That's right. I want yeah. more Rana Tamea, man. Like that's I just I don't know what it is about them I enjoy so much. I think it's the fact that they take up less space, like it's a smaller mm -hmm. smaller vivs. I like the whole behavioral behavioral <laughs> behavioral aspect of them is really interesting. Just the fact that they're that small mm -hmm. and they do the things they do. Like the Vanzolini are quickly becoming, I think, probably my favorite out of all of them. Um, yeah, those are definitely. Man, I don't know. It's a freaking polka dot frog, man. It's awesome. It's always hard to pick a favorite. Yeah, because I love my imitator Veradero too. Those are really pretty and they're active all the time yeah. too. They don't. And the name's just cool. I think that. I think Rand may have more variability than most other dart frogs too, like Pamelio, mm -hmm. sure, but like I got photographed of Vanzellini that has like stripes mixed in with the polka dots. Yeah, some of the so, like, some of the froglets I've had coming out of water have like a almost like a highway look down the back. They have yeah, just dashed it's lines. super cool. Yeah, and they're cranking out. Yeah, froglets are think... crazy. I'm thinking back to like other animals I've had too. I've had like some random geckos and stuff. I think one thing that like always shocks people, which I guess is shocking given what I do, but I've never had a pet snake in my entire life. Oh wow. Despite all the work I do with snakes. It just Have you ever happened. wanted one? <laughs> yeah, like I I do, but I think now like I get the opportunity to see so many and just like be around a bunch of different stuff and enjoy them that I'm not like dying to bring one home. Yeah. yeah Especially like that makes sense. it's a totally different like care setup and stuff than frogs too. So right. just like higher temperatures and stuff like that, but I don't really like have the like capacity to do at the moment. Mm. But yeah. That's always, that's always surprising to people. And yeah. it's always, like weird in conversation because like like i've never kept a pet snake but i've got like a lot of experience like being around and like working with venomous snakes <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this balance of like look i've never owned a snake but i promise you i know what i'm talking about yeah, like, i know what this black mom is gonna do yeah i've they, yeah it doesn't surprise me though because i've heard quite a few people that work in like you know, if they work at a reptile specific place or, you know, they work at a zoo, they're like, I get my fill at work. Like, you know, I don't keep anything like uh, Jake many from Australia. Right. Yeah. He got out well, of snakes almost collection com like that. Yeah. Like, he, he got us out of snakes almost completely because he worked at, um, the, I can't even think of the name Is reptile the park. Australian reptile park. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, mean, I, like I, I said, get like, it. You work good. with them, you know, at that point it's just more work, you know? So. I like I've got one frog tank right now. Like it's very large, but I got almost out of that entirely when I started doing photography stuff because I was just getting my fill that way. Yeah. So totally get it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. That would be tough. Like especially like some chondros and stuff. Seeing some of the ones that yeah. you see and being like I want one. Like yeah. I gotta I don't know. It's just they're right there, well, like, not the, yours. Yeah. The other thing is like, so like talking about like chondros and stuff like that, like when I was at 
like shooting with forest and doing that stuff like he's got an insane collection mm-hmm. uh but i can't afford that yeah <laughs> like yeah. you see the snake and you want it and then you're like so how much do these go for and then you hear it and you're like oh well that's not gonna happen yeah, yeah. What? okay three grand all right never mind yeah we're good yeah yeah i mean like i've just the the price tag is just another thing that has been crazy the more and more i shoot with like learning how much some of this stuff costs or i guess maybe cost isn't the right word but how much people are willing to pay for something mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy yeah for sure yeah people have forked over insane an insane amount of money for a snake oh yeah like for... I've, I've photographed animals that cost more than the car that i drove over there oh yeah <laughs> i mean i've heard of people legit paying 100 grand for the newest Some, like, ball morph stuff? Yeah, so, yeah like the new i think like the mm-hmm. first pinstripe ball python sold for like 100 grand or something something stupid like that i, don't even I mean what like scale of stuff at its peak a few years ago was yeah money. yeah and then and then zach's mm-hmm. taking pictures of people feeding into king cobras nah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> how, that how, happen. how many people were really pissed off at that that's a tough question to answer (laughs) um so the so we did it a few years before we really posted it oh wow we went we went to post it the first time and then we ended up pulling it and taking down the photos because it caused a lot of issues but by the time we really went out and posted it i think people were more receptive to what we wanted to say and like wanted to show and talk about so like there were some people that were upset but i think some people at least took the time to like read through and like hear us out Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of people that were like this is really cool like i don't like it but it is interesting to like hear about and see yeah for sure but yeah, first time it did not, not go over. Did not go well. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how people will, you know, laugh at a mouse getting eaten or something in a video, but as soon as it's a snake being eaten by a snake that needs snakes in its diet. Exactly, you know, like acceptable. Yep. It's just so many layers of arguments because then you've got like just a captive animal people in general that don't like that the people that don't understand what king cobras eat the people that don't like slash don't understand scaleless animals mm-hmm. and then the people that are against live feeding so it's just a whole mess of different opinions that are usually all pretty like shallow in their overall knowledge they just have read a lot about one specific thing that they mm-hmm. believe or feel strongly about but they don't really know or see the whole picture so what got you into frog to- uh, oh man what is it? frogtography 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 what got That's you into into photography in the first place i just something to do <laughs> take photos of the frogs i had um i was i was in business school such so as my degrees and i do marketing full-time nice um which has been helpful for being on social media um but yeah i was just in the business school wanted to just do something a little bit different 
got a camera. I took one photo class um, at Ohio State. Uh, my cousin's a professional photographer too, so just like learning from him a lot and just seeing what he was doing. So I just, I don't know, kind of picked it up to see what would happen. And my Instagram like kind of started as, I don't know, just a joke. Like if you scroll all the way back, like to like the start, it's like a bunch of zoo photos and then photos of like reflections and puddles because I thought that was really fascinating (laughs) for whatever reason. But yeah, and then it just like, you can, if you like scroll all the way back, you can like start scrolling up and you can see like the first time I photographed like a frog on a white background. Mm-hmm. And then when I started doing the stuff on colored backgrounds and you can just like see like the whole progression of everything that's happened. Right. I haven't deleted any of that. So it's kind of neat. I like to go back and look at that sometimes. Yeah. That's what I want to know is with the ones that do have colored backgrounds, mm-hmm. how did you get the color of that background to match the animal so perfectly? So combination of a few things. Um, so now I've got, I've got a box that's just stacks of like um, scrapbooking paper. Mm-hmm. So you can just go to like a craft store and buy like the multicolored packs and they've got different ones that are like more like saturated colors or pastels. Yeah. So I've just got a wide range of that stuff and that's what I use now mainly um, and I'll just prop it up behind the animal but there's a company that makes the paper backdrops that I use uh, are called Savage Universal really aggressive name for a paper company um, <laughs> they had to make but, up they had to make up for the what they're selling you know no, right not mainly enough. but they've got a ton of different colors and um, I think what's the artist's name I think it's this guy, Ollie Moss, that's done like some minimalist, like movie posters and different cartoon character stuff. And I I saw his work and I forget what it was even a photo of. It was probably like Wolverine or something like that. It was like a yellow and black type thing. And I saw that and then I thought, well, like the frogs I've got are yellow and black and I could probably find yellow paper. And that's sort of how it started. the very first one I bought a six foot wide roll of yellow paper to shoot a frog. that's like half an inch. Oh my God. <laughs> Overkill. So it was, yeah, oh. it was just all sprawled out on my kitchen table and you almost couldn't even see the frog on the paper. It was so tiny when it worked out. Jet. Yeah. We, yeah got it's a, just... we got a jet going over. So if you hear noise, us. What was that? It's the sound of freedom. We have we, we live have near an air station, and yeah. so there's jets flying oh. pretty much constantly, and they <laughs> yeah. fly. Gotcha. They I, like, like... I guess they like to fly, fly as low as possible over yeah. everybody in the county. Nice. At nine o'clock at night, nine thirty at night. They were yeah. doing it at like ten one night. And like y'all, come on, park it. It's all right. Uh-huh. There's more Taliban's uh, to get they... tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. The but yeah, the color stuff is just it's just paper. Um, and then in like some situations it's like a little bit of like white balance color correcting like if the yellow isn't perfect or the blue is not perfect you can adjust a little bit of it with that and then you sort of just like dial it in a little bit but it's not like it's not like you're like shooting a white background and then painting in green or whatever like you've got to start really really close to the color 
because if you have to change it too much it's pretty obvious yeah that's just something i was looking at i don't know i was scrolling through your stuff a couple weeks ago and i was thinking about that i was like man he like got that same hue and everything like spot Mm -hmm. on yeah it's you can i've seen like a lot of people do it at this point and you can tell how much they've had to change it because they usually mask off the background and Mm -hmm. adjust the color from there separate of the animal a lot of these animals have black areas on them and you can see a different color in the reflection Mm -hmm. on the animal like the shadow yeah of the animal will be off so you can kind of spot it that way like how close the background is Mm -hmm. and how many this is something that also cracks me up is your screenshots of people on your Etsy store asking how much the animals are that you have pictures. That happens all the time. I get people, (laughs) they'll ask or like they'll, they'll order it and then it's already shipped. And they'll be like, sorry, I thought this was something else. Can I cancel it? No, too bad. I thought this was actually an eyelash viper. Oh my God. Yeah. Like for $20 plus $3 USPS shipping. (laughs) And like the work, the worst part to me is that like those people fully intend to care for a living creature and like clearly they are not capable of that jesus wow you can get a king cobra with a scaleless ball python for the low low price of 23 dollars shipped there was one guy a couple weeks ago and he hit up a lot of people he was trying what was he trying to get I think he was trying to get a sand viper. I don't remember which species specifically, but he like messaged me. He's like, Hey, I want to buy this. And he's like trying to trade me these like movie quality, like horror masks, like Jason masks and stuff like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a photographer. Like I don't, I don't sell snakes. Sorry. And then he like upped his offer and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like I don't, give you I don't sell masks. snakes. Yeah. Like he just Jesus. kept upping it. And finally I was like, dude, I don't sell snakes. I can't tell you where to get one. I don't know anybody that would sell you one. Right. And then he just like still kept responding. He's like, I know that's why my offer is serious. And I'm oh like, I know God. you're serious, but like, I don't have an animal to give you. <laughs> so it was just, it was nuts. And then Jeez. like, 30, 40 minutes later, my friend sends me a message. He's like, yeah, that dude just hit me up too. So he was just going through everybody. Wow. That's Ma- nice. Masks for a... For, uh... I mean, some of those like movie quality masks, though, those are, those are pretty legit. Yeah, what he had was... Yeah, he had valuable stuff, but again, like, I don't sell snakes, dude. Like, it's a pretty niche you. market there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know though. I guess if you're gonna hit a hit a market with that, it may as well be the snake market because there's probably a lot of people in the snakes yeah, that are also into that. So he For may be sure. on to something here. But so, what do you enjoy shooting the most? Do you like shooting the frogs? Do you like shooting the snakes? The geckos. Gonna make me pick. Oh. That's tough. I don't know. Frogs are what I started with. So I think those are always gonna be a favorite. But like everything's got its own draw i think like geckos have some of the coolest eyes that you'll see and just really wild like cryptic coloration and just skin textures and stuff like that so those are cool in that sense geckos are generally easier to photograph too some of like the smaller stuff runs a lot but 
a lot of like the Europlatus stuff just sort of sits there. <laughs> so you just yeah. can take your time. Yeah, and those um, have and the craziest looking eyes too. Mm-hmm. It's hard though, because like as soon as the flash goes off, they close their eyes. <laughs> uh. So like, like if you look at a lot of my photos, like you can tell that they just saw a really bright light because their pupils like totally closed up. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, snakes are just cool. Like, just the different colors and even like the texture and the scales. Like the difference between like like a bush viper and a mamba is just a crazy difference yeah. in texture like even matte versus gloss like there's just so much that you can play with in a photo i didn't even um, think so about really that fun. yeah that's cool that's interesting yeah that's interesting i never crossed my mind once like having like something matte like a you know like a racer or something versus something yeah huh. yeah it's like it's i feel like every time i even work with like the same animal over and over like i've photograph the same king cobra like almost every year for three or four years so like just seeing it like grow up and change from like fresh out of the egg color and pattern to a few years later and just like watching how everything changes and develops is yeah really cool and you just start to pick up on all like the little variations and things mm-hmm. especially with dart frogs like like we were talking about the vanzellini earlier how some of them some of them have stripes and some of them have more spots that are yeah. like merged together and sort of lava lamp looking and just all those little variations start to stand out. And how do you manage to get shots of those? Cause anytime I try to take a picture of any of mine with like my phone, if I, I have to move at like a snail's pace mm-hmm. and right. then even then I get like four inches away and they're like, see ya and they're gone. Yeah, the imitator yeah, do don't care. But like the Vanzellini, the Variabilis, the Vitatus, mm-hmm. they I, I don't even see them. I just hear them. But like the only one that yeah, really it's... only lets me get close is the imitator and everything else. I'm like, I just want to take pictures of you. Let me love you. I think when you pull them out of their enclosure, that helps. Mm-hmm. Because when they're in the enclosure, like they know where to run and they've got their like hiding places. But once they're like out on like a sheet of acrylic or something there's not really anywhere for them to go and i sort of just like i'll get like those little three and a half ounce deli cups like the really tiny ones yeah. like the condiment ones and i'll just put that over the frog and i'll just wait for a little bit i'll lift the cup up see what happens and sort of go from there i mean there are times where you just don't get good shots because they won't sit still mm-hmm. and there's no there's no trick to that, but usually they'll start to sit and like calm down a little bit. Most snakes, like sometimes if they're going crazy, when you first get them out, they just wear themselves out uh, after like a minute or so and just mm-hmm. calm down and settle in. Having something like a branch really helps with that stuff too, especially like more ar- arboreal stuff and they can like anchor themselves and feel more secure and they usually calm down pretty quickly. That's what I like about oh. chondras. That's got to be probably the easiest species to oh, photograph yeah. ever because mm-hmm. they're not going to go anywhere. They just sit there. Carpets. Are yeah. So, sometimes they're like, they've got their head tucked away though. Yeah. And there's no convincing it to do that because like, if you've got it perched, as soon as you get it out of that, most of the time they don't go back into that like nice branch pose that everybody likes. Nope. Bright lights come on. But they're then, like, now, dude. Now we hide. Right. Yeah. 
but then most people don't have them like on actual branches in their enclosure. They're on like PVC or something and that doesn't make for a good photo. (laughs) So you got to move it over. Hmm. So it's, it's a balance and a waiting game. And most of the time it works out, but sometimes it doesn't. And just kind of is what it is. What was the first venomous species you shot? Because that, I mean, that sand viper either... the sprinkles was one of the earlier ones, right? Yeah, uh, I think one. I'm trying to think of that first trip up there. Probably eyelash vipers were the first thing that I did. Um, that and then, oh, what are they called? I think it's wag, yeah, waggler's yeah. viper. Oh yeah, yeah, like the green, like the neon green mesh looking ones. So, I think that those are probably some of the first. And then I did like monocled cobras and all like the like gaboon nice. vipers and sort of like the the ball pythons of the venomous world, I guess. <laughs> the stuff everyone's got. <laughs> yeah. So nowadays, My, did, like, do you, when you do snakes, do you do more venomous or more uh, non-venomous? Um, probably mostly venomous stuff okay the people i shoot venomous with have like some non-venomous stuff um and like some rear fanged stuff depending on how you want to count that Mm -hmm. right um but yeah mostly mostly venomous because like the like the big non-venomous stuff that you're going to see is like corn snakes um ball pythons different types of python like retics like all of that sort of stuff and those don't photograph that well. Corn snakes never sit yeah. still, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, a lot of the larger pythons, they just have this tendency to try and, like, anchor themselves on the paper backdrop or, like, bring their tail under the table that they're on. <laughs> and, I mean, especially, like, when they're larger, like, it's so hard to get them into a position because they're so much stronger than you. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I do snap pictures of my carpets, you know, it's just, it's normally as I open the tub, I don't, I don't touch them. You know, as long as I leave them where is, I only take pictures like when they're sitting pretty, you know, any other time I can't pose them nothing. If I open the tub and they're sitting nice, Oh, I'll snap a quick, quick pick while they're there. But any other time, no, I don't even try to pose them. Brittles are the worst, dude. It, I had, I did find, you know, a, a while back, I tried to set up a little spot to take take pictures of them on. But I did find if you <clears throat> if you put them on a branch or something like that, it it's so much better. Like they'll actually chill mm-hmm. out. Um, but you know, I haven't had the opportunity to do that since I moved. But yeah, it works out way better if you give them something to sit on. They'll actually chill and you can play around a little bit. I've been meaning to take a couple outside. I got a nice spot I think I could take some pictures on, but I'm always weird about letting my animals be on, you know, random stuff outside. Outside things. Yeah. Yeah. Bugs. (laughs) Always a risk. Yeah. What's the, like, what's, out of everything you've shot, what was the the most nerve-wracking or... Was there anything in particular that really stood out as far as like when they were pulling it out for you to shoot and you were kind of like, Oh boy, this is going to be interesting. This is, yeah, yeah, this is going to, this is going to be kind of scary. I think there's like different types of nerve wracking. Like even 
some of the Rana Demeo stuff still drives me crazy because it's this tiny little frog that's like two, three hundred dollars, and I'm trying to not have that jump off the table and lose that that's and get a good photo. Fact. So yeah, yeah. Stupid so that's stressful in that sense. But I think the first time I was up uh, shooting with uh, Zach Atwell, who's packing the sink on Instagram. Uh, the first time he brought out his like really big King Cobras that are like 12, 15 foot range. Like that was an experience just like, cause there's no like, glass or anything like that. Yeah. It's just me and the snake and just being like, like kneeling down on the ground and then having a very large King Cobra, like I don't know, probably 10 feet in front of me. And it's raised up off of the ground and looking me in the eye, like three, four feet off the ground. Like that's, that was an experience. <laughs> yeah. I could, uh, I feel like that's imagine. one of those species you don't truly appreciate <laughs> until you see one, like a big one. Yeah. You know, most of the zoos, yeah, like and... Columbia zoo, the one they have there isn't anything massive, but like you see these videos of these things and they're like, standing. The, just... the one at the Edisto Serpentarium, at least they, they, they one there? They used to. I know uh, that. Uh, I mean, this was a couple of years ago. I mean, several years, a few, three, four. I don't know. But they, they had they had a they had a pretty sizable animal. Yeah, yeah like the hood. The hood was yeah, like that big. I just I feel like were, you don't really appreciate yeah. it until you see you one stare like that, that thing like you eye see to a eye. King King. Yeah. And they're not like. I mean, they're not like super heavy body, but like they're not thin snakes yeah, either no. like zach's biggest king jafar is like he's as big around as my arm yeah like, like he'd they're... be if he were a retic he'd be a little bit small but he's it's a it's a big heavy snake yeah i mean a snake so that's that's 10 plus feet and is mm-hmm. big around as your forearm man that's a it's a hefty animal you know like i've mm-hmm. ha- i've handled chinese kings that are like that you know like just super long and almost as big around as your forearm like they're that's a non-venomous animal <laughs> like yeah yeah those are those are really cool snakes yeah though. they are yeah it's always i feel like a lot of this stuff and especially because i do macro stuff like people don't understand the size of the animal mm-hmm. so like like a king cobra portrait on my feet is going to look the same as like a bush viper right right science flies so yeah there's not a lot of people like don't context. understand like one is as big around as your finger and the other one is your arm right <laughs> it's just the sense of scales lost there for sure i'd see i'd be most nervous with like the elapids you know, oh yeah the mambas and stuff like that and all the like the atheris and any of the the sort of more arboreal or yeah. more sedentary stuff, I'd be fine. Sitting with. on a but, stick, you know. Like, yeah, the, the, the that stuff stays pretty still. Yeah. Have you ever photographed yeah, the, the mamba? Yeah, I, I think I there. What there's four species, right? Blacks, Eastern, Western, Jameson's, and then Jamesons. Yeah, yeah. I've done all except the Jamesons, mm. which I'm sure it'll happen someday. But yeah. those Go to were like. And Cody Bartolini, they've yeah, got they've got, they've got some. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Those were, those were weird because they, like, 
they almost like don't seem like a venomous snake when they're in front of you mm-hmm. with how they behave like they like the black mamba i've worked with a few times especially like sort of does that like sort of like periscoping like looking around yeah sort of and surveying. just sort of like exploring like almost like a corn snake would mm-hmm. so you kind of have to check yourself <laughs> because it's not a corn snake yeah but yeah those were surprisingly like not as intense as i thought uh, when we shot those there were like we had a branch set up so the front half of their body was on the branch but then zach was standing there and had it tailed with a hook too so he was sort of like resting it on the branch on the hook right so it's not one that we just like let sit there on its own because the like they're so fast and they don't at least the times I've worked with them, they don't like sort of coil back and launch themselves. They just seem to have speed out of they just go. Just kind of flail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking to Cody about them, you know, because they have all four. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he always told me he's like the blacks are never the problem. He says the westerns are the ones that are talk talking the most to, stressful. Talking like, to are psychotic. Talking to Paul, he says he said the Jamesons were the worst. Yeah, those in the he those said those the were just okay. I, I feel like it's was. always like case by case because like yeah, individual by individual. Like the easterns and westerns that I've shot, like they didn't even open their mouth and they like barely moved. Like mm-hmm. they were like deceptively calm, but mm-hmm. then the black one was just all over the place. Yeah. Like it was just going crazy. I'm sure the younger ones are definitely more high strung too, but I mean, oh, yeah. like, see, watching Cody work his, you know, his big black, some of the biggest black mamas I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, dude, those things are. And those things, I think they're fully aware of like what they're capable of, and so they're like, mm-hmm. dude, at any point in time, if I really wanted to mess go somewhere up. or do something, you're not gonna stop me. So yeah. they're just like, as long as you're calm and you're sort of slow with them, they don't seem to care. But he's watching them work the westerns though. There was one western in particular, like. As soon as you open the glass, it's like game on, dude. Yeah. 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 Zach sent me some photos of the black mamba he's got. He he's like the only person I know that names most of his snakes as black mamba is Oswald. <laughs> I don't know why, but um he sent me photos recently and like when I photographed a few years ago, it was probably four foot, maybe five. But he's like, This thing is huge now. It's like pushing 10 feet and it's like it's a really really big snake <laughs> so i probably won't do that one again yeah we'll those, see what happens. so those ones cody has man it's like oh you, you didn't even realize they got that big yeah because like, he, he like that would kill you so fast he, he, they fit in those eight foot enclosures like it was nothing yeah. you know like they they didn't look they didn't look small in an eight eight by what two or three foot enclosure i don't even know but, but yeah, they. Oh my god! It's a, it's a big. So impressive though. Oh my god! I think the other thing too that, Go ahead. like, people don't consider it. Like most of the snakes that you see people get are juvenile, and like a lot of reptiles just don't thrive in captivity. Like mm-hmm. some snakes will just not eat and they die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more uncommon to see them as like full adults or even sub adults in a lot of cases i feel like so people see like a lot of eyelash vipers that are just like a foot long and they're 
not really big snakes they look really small and manageable but like adults are still like not small snakes yeah but people just mm-hmm. don't see that as much as like the younger stuff so i think that skews people's perception of like how big a black mamba can get or how big a king cobra can get do you think that has anything to do with like you know obviously like there there's probably a lot more of the small ones out there but do you think you know the fact that they don't see them just is due to that the smaller ones are easier to photograph so people don't take as much time to get their bigger ones out and things of the sort i don't know i mean i get some big stuff out to photograph i think it's i don't know i think it it sort of just depends like when someone's like put the years in to have an adult i think they're much less likely to sell it and if you're not working with that person you're probably not going to see it and a lot of the people that have the like the know-how and the setups to raise an animal to that size are not the people that are generally like arguing back and forth on facebook and like showing (laughs) off all the crazy stuff they have in their collection like they're more private people from what i found for sure do you know like how or where people keep like stealing your images are they you think they're just like because i remember you you there was someone did like a rug with that that uh Oh, isopod yeah. poster and stuff like that like do you do you that have... one still blows my mind because i have never posted an unwatermarked copy of that image that i'm aware of but the one that they show on the rug doesn't have it so, and yeah i didn't think about that i just remember thinking like what especially if you're snagging it from like facebook or something like you know that if you try and blow that up in any capacity it's not gonna work right like the one that i the one that I posted on Instagram is probably like three, four megabytes tops. Yeah. And again, it's still watermarked. So I printed it, what, 18 by 24 inches. And like, I'd use a much larger file for that. So like, it looks good in the digital rendering, but it would never look good in person. Yeah. But yeah, a... that's, I don't know, that stuff happens fairly frequently, but it's almost just like the price of putting stuff on the internet. Yeah people are always gonna do whatever i block a lot of people like if someone shares my photo and they crop out my watermark i usually just block them because <laughs> that's like you had your chance yeah and that's... like i don't i sort of see it like i appreciate like people wanting to share it with their friends but like i'm not here to post work to help drive traffic to your page and make you famous like, yeah yeah and I don't know, that's, that's kind of a slippery slope. And that's like, you see a lot of those repost accounts on Facebook <laughs> and stuff. And I mean, even like the magazine and the THP page and the ConjureCast account, like those are <coughs> not entirely repost accounts, but like I yeah. do it in the sense of like, hey, this photographer, because we get the magazine especially gets tagged and, the, you know, there's a handful of photographers that tag us in like mm-hmm. every post they make. And that's cool. Like all, if there's something that really stands out, I'll share it. Yeah, you know, but in that case, cast, you're sharing. Like, here's a person in the Contra community. Here's one of their snakes. Like, yeah, follow, in know? that case, like right. especially on Facebook, you're usually sharing the post that they made. Right. You're not making your own post about it just with their picture on Instagram. Yeah, but then you you know you use the whole picture, and then it's, they're tagged in it, you know, and all that. Garbage. I'm just always curious, like, where does that line get drawn? And I'm always kind of fully expecting a photographer to be like, a hey, delete that. You didn't ask permission. Usually, like, if, it's like, eh, okay, trying to if the out. page seems like it's a real person, 
and it's like obviously they're all run by people right. more or less but like you reposting stuff as like a part of the community is different than someone that's like like at snakes daily come look mm-hmm. here for all the coolest snake pics like I'm yeah like it's like pages. the same pixabay images just yeah between one and yeah <laughs> yeah but if it's like a real person or someone that's like trying to like get out their own educational message mm-hmm. like i'm usually fine with that like there are some people that like they're just reposting my images for like their own like i don't know like sensationalized content like the most dangerous venomous snake in the whole entire world and like that type of stuff like that's not what i'm trying to do oh who took that picture they're like i don't know yeah i cut out his watermark right and it's like i known i cropped them for instagram so i know it fits so i know that you took the time to not really photo yeah it's deliberate yeah I don't know. But I love Pixabay though. I use Pixabay a ton for like graphics and stuff, and sometimes yeah, and I mean, for the like, magazine. Those are situations I... where like people have volunteered their images. For yeah, that type and of I post a bunch of so, stuff. Like... I uploaded a bunch of my own on there. Yeah, yeah, that's a totally different ballgame. That's. I mean, I like photography is like a hobby of mine, and I don't consider myself a professional by any means. But I'm like, hey. Someone somewhere might need this for, you know, a kid somewhere might want it for a school project or whatever. Right. I had a guy, I think it was a guy, maybe it was his mom. Some kid was like turning like nine or 10 or something like that. And they wanted a photo for their birthday cake. So I was like, yeah, I'll email you. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) It's fine. Like I do stuff like that all the time. Like do that for me, Jake. My birthday's coming up. Thank you. What do you mean it's coming up? Not until December, fool. It's in this year, though. Yeah, it's this year. Give me a chondro cake. <laughs> I'll get you a chondro cake, buddy. I'll hook you up. We can do a photo for your yeah. day. Pretty sweet. Yeah, hook, hook, <laughs> hook me up, man, and uh, I'll make it happen, Smitty. Anything for you, buddy? Hmm. I'll start so what... a GoFundMe for your birthday. Oh, <laughs> that gets... Talk about an abuse I'm system. Just kidding. Oh, man. This is like that's it's ridiculous how sort of out of hand that whole like public funding thing is. Like there are legitimate situations where yeah, one hundred percent. You know, like, like the forest benefit. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I donated to it. You know, but then you have guys that are like, you know, I spend all my money on weed. I need a new car. Help. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> doesn't count. I get, I get asked to donate. Like, like people will be like, hey, like I run a nonprofit. And like, I'd love to like get a picture of yours that we could like donate in the auction. And I'm like, cool. Can you like send your 501c3 paperwork? Because if you're a nonprofit, you have that. And if I'm going to donate a giant print, I want like to write that off on my taxes because that's right. actually how this works. Like that's the benefit I can get out of it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like I'm not like a not for profit. I just like don't make money from this. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's different. <laughs> But, then you're not a non-profit yeah because non-profits actually make a lot of money but Jeez. it's a different different approach but yeah like i i try and always donate to stuff like that or like i think i think this past year i donated something to carpet fest yeah Pretty you sure did. did you did some prints i bid on them and i didn't with them <laughs> Well, you gotta bad. be you gotta be careful with the Carter Fest auctions, man. If you don't pay attention to how much stuff you're bidding on when the day oh, comes, man. they're like, "Hey, you won this," mm-hmm. and then you'll get another notification, "Hey, Shit. you won this too," and you're like, "Oh crap!" And then like six hundred right. dollars later or whatever, you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, because you're like, I I'm see gonna bid people... on this. No one's gonna, you know, I'm not gonna win it. 
Yeah, right. I saw people do that in like the different MAHS benefit auctions that they do. Like one person will bid on a bunch of stuff and then everybody will be like, yeah, that's more than I'd want to pay. And then they're stuck with it all. But it's all for a good cost at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Just got to do it smart. As long as they pay smart. up. As long as they pay their dividends. You know, don't bid mm-hmm. if you you can't pay. That's right. What gear are you using right now? I'm I'm more curious about like your thoughts on the whole like we're in sort of a I, what I would consider like a transitional phase as far as camera and technology. Like a lot of people are moving over to the mirrorless. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think everything's sort of headed that direction where DSLRs will be sort of phased out within the next I don't know handful of years? It's hard to say. I think well, I, I think overall like mirrorless versus like a traditional DSLR. The differences aren't insane, Mm -hmm. really. I mean, the the main reason that I switched when I I had a Canon 6D, which is their like entry level full frame basically. And I was looking at getting the 5D Mark IV, which was like the they're like top of the line professional thing yeah. under their one DX model. Um, and it was, I think it's like 30 or 32 megapixels. And then I realized that I could get for like $200 less, I could get the Sony a seven R two that was 42 megapixels, smaller and lighter weight. And I was like, well, that just seems like an easy choice. Like if I can get something that's a higher resolution, and a little bit like easier to use all day because yeah. a lot of DSLRs are bulky cameras, mm-hmm. especially if you're putting a battery grip on it. So that really determined my choice was just the the cost benefit. I think like, there's always pros and cons. Like some people don't like the electric viewfinders on mirrorless cameras because it's not a true view of what you're photographing. But like with the mirrorless stuff now, like I. I know what the shot is going to look like once the flash goes off because I've done it hundreds of times. So mm-hmm. I'm not really concerned with the viewfinder. It's like, as long as I can tell like what's in focus and what's not. Mm-hmm. And mirrorless stuff has, a lot of them have focus peaking. So what it does is as you focus, it highlights on the viewfinder what's in focus and what's not. Right. Which is, it's kind of cheating, but it's very handy. Um, so like the electric viewfinder doesn't really bother me because like it tells me what's in focus and what's not if I'm doing manual and I know what it's going to look like when the flash goes off. So, but other than that, like the low light performance is a little bit better on some mirrorless stuff, but it's really just kind of personal preference still. A lot of the traditional DSLRs still have a much wider range of like lens options, yeah. especially when you're looking at like Canon and Nikon just because they've been around for decades. So you've got that amount of time worth of lenses Mm -hmm. and even like Canon and Nikon, like moving over to their mirrorless format because they have to build the bodies differently. They've got to come out with a new lens mount. So there just aren't a ton of native lens options that you can use without buying an adapter, which, Mm Some people don't like the adapters because they can impact performance and the adapter can break and then your SOL and the adapters are a couple hundred bucks. So I don't know. I, I don't think traditional stuff is going to go away, but 
cost breaks on a lot of the mirrorless bodies at least is pretty worthwhile like you can buy like the body that i've got you can buy it used now for like a thousand twelve hundred bucks and it's a 42 megapixel full frame camera mm-hmm. and that's a great deal like i paid almost that amount for the 60 that i bought several years ago yeah and i was, was doing some research on the mirrorless thing last year because best buy was running some good black friday sales on them and stuff mm-hmm. Cyber monday whatever sales day um and I was, it was interesting because they had some really good prices on the Sonys, but it was like the basic mirrorless. It wasn't any either. I think it was like the entry-level version. Yeah, like their A63 or yeah. 6600 or whatever they're called. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah, like I use are... a Nikon D5100, which I think they stopped making those like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I like Yeah, them. I mean, like they're all, they're all good cameras. I think it's and I, like everyone asks me like, what, what camera do you use? And like, it doesn't the camera itself doesn't help you take a better photo right. it just helps the like the end result look a little bit sharper and clearer mm-hmm. but if you can't set up a good photo and like position the animal right in the frame and just create something that's aesthetically pleasing regardless of the resolution then it doesn't really make a difference mm-hmm. yeah it's not the camera that like makes the, the photographer it's the photographer that makes the camera right like every everyone like says that cliche but it's true like the the dart frog photo with the tadpole on the back i took that with a body and lens that combined don't like i've got a single lens that costs more than that now mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter it's still my most popular photo and people love it i, I have it. the pin of it <laughs> nice. i've got that and the green tree pin they're on my lampshade in the living room i'm totally gonna put one on my tux when we get married dude yeah that's awesome. I got the little ones too. It. There was another company that did some enamel green tree pins, and I was like, I told Katie, I was like, I'm going to use these as cufflinks. What? Awesome. There you go. But like that, that photo I took in a cardboard box, and I used wax paper to diffuse a like $75 speed light <laughs> that I bought. So like I took that with basically like a pile of like garbage and <laughs> some like third party products. And to this day, it still holds up. I tried to get so, some. I tried to use some air filters as like diffusers, and it did not, did not work out. Did not work. Well, I was also like getting really frustrated because this was before I really sat down and learned manual mode, which now I won't use anything yeah. else. Yeah, I smart. Out normally for outdoor stuff, I haven't done a lot inside, but for outdoor stuff, I do a lot of. Um, the uh shutter shutter priority outside just for lighting purposes but yeah i'm usually in manual as well because i do you know like i do more outdoor shit but yeah i think with studio stuff manual is a little bit easier just because like i shoot basically the exact same settings on every photo that i take at Mm -hmm. this point Mm -hmm. so like a lot of people are like oh you should put settings on the photo like it's the same thing every time it's I shoot at like 80 or 100 ISO, like 7.1, 8 aperture somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And then like 160 to 1200 for shutter speed. Yep. Every single time. And I just do, I balance the rest out with the studio lights that I've got. Well, that was so the, like, yeah, that's, that was the frustrating part was like I was trying to figure out the whole white balance thing 
for like taking pictures of animals I wanted to sell. And I wanted those colors and stuff to be as accurate as possible. Right. And I just I finally it took me forever to actually sit down and take the time to really white, learn it. White because white balance can really yeah, really change your mm-hmm. your view. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's like one thing I I get a lot too is um how do people phrase it like you should you should take photos of animals outside because their colors look more accurate than like when they're inside oh my gosh and it's like no it just means you don't know how to white balance because you let (laughs) the natural sunlight look better and you can recreate that digitally you just have to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. yeah but it's not like it's like people have a misconception that like like photos are done better outside with animals, but that's not true. If you understand like what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, with I was about to say if you camera. have a, if you have a cell phone, yeah, sure. Outside's probably work, work better, but <laughs> for sure, you know, but if you're, yeah, I think your pictures, I mean, portray animals, you know, perfectly, you know, most of the stuff you post, you know, I've seen in person. And I mean, I think mm-hmm. you take extremely accurate representations of everything. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the goal. Like, I, some stuff I've done, like where I've like oversaturated or like really brought down the shadows for like a different visual effect. Mm-hmm. But like, most of the stuff looks perfect as is, so I just don't feel a need to mess with it for and sure. change it. Especially if like it's someone else's animal that I know. Like, they're gonna post a photo of this that they took with their cell phone next week because it's their animal. And people right. are gonna be like, wait, that doesn't <laughs> look like that at all. That doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, like reptile people love to tell you what they know, and they will tell you if something doesn't look right or if it looks oversaturated yeah. or not the right color green or something like that. So, oh yeah. I don't. I mean, when you're taking pictures of something as small as a, you know, any species of ranitome or something, I think when you're doing sort of the stuff you're doing you people can get such a better appreciation for like the nuance and the detail because a sure. you're not going to be able I mean, to get close enough to look at them like that because they're not going to sit still and no. b it's like you know the, you can actually stop and focus on it. you don't have to worry about it disappearing into oblivion because they teleport you know right right and like most of the photos are you're seeing something that's like two to three times life size so mm-hmm. you can just legitimately see a lot more than you're used to what lens do you prefer to use for macro stuff or lenses um i've got the sony 90 millimeter macro and it's there's spec sheets that tell you all this up somewhere but Mm -hmm. allegedly it's like one of the sharpest lenses that you can buy um i really like it it's not terribly expensive as far as lenses go like it's still close to a thousand i think um yeah but in the grand scheme of but, lenses that's not yeah that i was about bad. to say when it comes to lenses <laughs> man that's that's affordable <laughs> yeah and you can like i bought mine used i think for like 750 or something like that there you go. um but i i take probably 95 percent of my photos with that even when i'm not doing macro stuff it's really close up like a lot of the I'm trying to like think through some of my own photos here like some of the King Cobra portraits I've done, I've used a macro lens for that. I used mm-hmm. a macro lens for most all the black Mamba stuff, uh, the other Mambas for that matter, just because you you get more magnification 
and it's the difference between magnification and zoom mm-hmm. because I'm trying to think of a way to explain this i like for as much photo stuff as i do i truly know a very basic level of how all of my gear actually works i just know how it works because of how i know how to use it you know how it works but for you all yeah. of this could be completely wrong um so like with a macro lens they have a much shorter minimum focusing distance so you can get a lot closer to the subject right so you have more freedom to move throughout the space like of the room when you're working with that animal and you can get like a higher level of magnification like that true one-to-one reproduction mm-hmm but with something like a telephoto lens, like I've got a 135 millimeter lens, which is more than the 90 millimeter macro. So you would think that it would work better, but the minimum focusing distance on that is like three, three or four feet. Mm-hmm. So I can only get so close to the animal. So I lose a lot of the magnification. Mm-hmm. So I usually just stick with the macro because it just gives me so much freedom to move around as I yeah, want. Yeah, a lot more options. While still giving me a little bit more uh, magnification mm-hmm. to the image. Now, the one thing um, I do remember hearing when I was doing the research on the mirrorless thing was like some people said sort of the body in ratio to the lenses can be kind of awkward. Like because the bodies are so much smaller, it can be like you can have a tiny camera yeah. attached to like a giant lens. Yeah, yeah, that definitely happens. It's it is a little bit weird. I feel like it generally balances out mm-hmm. photo lenses that are really heavy, um, but when you're using that tripod anyway, so it doesn't make a huge difference. Yeah, but I've not like been displeased or anything with like mm-hmm. the the balance of it. Have you done any video stuff? The with yours? alternative is like a no, no. Really. video is like just a whole other skill set to learn and I'm just too lazy to do it <laughs> I, I want to upgrade but I, at the same time I don't break out my camera as much as I used to and you and I haven't been doing any videos yeah so, unfortunately I've been using that same Nikon forever yeah yeah I mean my my first camera that I did a lot of stuff with was a Canon Rebel T3i which was like a Three hundred dollar camera, mm-hmm. and like it works fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think a lot of people buy like the more expensive stuff right away because they're like, oh, well, like that's, that's what all the pros use, but they don't understand how how they want to use. Where like the Rebel series, which are, I think you can get a kit with a lens for like five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You can try a bunch of different lenses, and figure out what you want to do like i bought and sold so many lenses the first few years just trying to figure out what i like the most and then i sort of landed on macro stuff and then i built my setup around that so i mean well, like well that's kind of always the thing is like at what point do you draw the line of you know do you need top of the line versus something like you know like my 5100 or something like that like i feel like same thing people feel the need to sort of continually climb to get like the best camera possible even right. though they're you know it may not even be like a job it's just a hobby you know they're really not using it that much yeah you know like at yeah. what point do I you mean, say enough is enough yeah i mean i think the one determining factor is if you're going to print your images or if you're just going to post them on social media 
because like even for most of my stuff the real advantage of the higher like resolution sensor is when you're printing stuff that's like 18 by 24 or Mm -hmm. much larger images because you can't like really pixel peep on an Instagram post on your cell phone. That's like three by three inches. Right. Like it is the size it is the X, the resolution can help a little bit to make things a little bit sharper. But like, I know a lot of people that take photos that look just as good as mine on social media, like resolution and quality wise. And they've got like a 24 megapixel sensor. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Facebook so, and Instagram are just going to compress it anyways when you upload it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah they. But you can you can really tell it in the print quality, usually, especially when you go to bigger sizes like mm-hmm. like several feet by several feet. Mm-hmm. That's when it really starts to hold up. But even then, like if you think of billboards, billboards are really blurry, not sharp images when you look at them up close because they're just counting on that distance factor right. in which you're viewing the image mm-hmm. and then it looks fine. But a lot of those, like all the shot on iPhone billboards are a good example. Some of those are shot on iPhones attached to higher, like like different rigs and stuff to make it look nicer. Mm-hmm. But the sensor resolution is still the one that's in the iPhone, which is not even close to what a DSLR is. And those still look fine. What's the biggest print you've sold so far? Is there like a... Like a record? Um, let me think. Do you have some, like, did you get an order or request for one that was just like abnormally large? I did a print for a friend that I think was like, I think it was 48 inches on the long edge. But then, like, I had a museum license some photos and they printed like larger displays with that a little bit different they were doing stuff that's like like <coughs> 10 feet instead of inches so wow there's been some stuff that's been pretty big but most like most everybody's buying eight by tens from me so not really large prints yeah. yeah i feel like that's like the perfect size photo though you know big enough to be able to see on your wall and small enough to be able to put several yeah. you know up exactly because like you buy an eight by ten photo, but then it's usually an eleven by fourteen inch frame, so it starts to take right. up wall space pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. There's so many photographers on Instagram and stuff that I follow that I'm like, I want a print of like a very large handful of the stuff they have, and I'm yeah. like, I don't have the wall space for it. All right. Mm-hmm. I've just got, I've got like stacks of artwork and stuff that I just have in bins because I don't have places to hang it all, but I still buy it. Yeah. For sure. I'm already, like, I put the, I get each cover of the magazine printed, and I frame that, and that's on the wall in the snake room, and I'm already migrating on that wall, you know, above the little closet door. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know what I'm going to do when I start getting, I don't, like, I can't put them behind cages and stuff, obviously, and I'm sort of limited to what I can, (laughs) what what I have. What you need to do is eliminate all those, all those metal racks and, you know, get everything in an MP cage and exotics rack band. That's right. You'll have you'll was, you'll boy that that little, plug was slicker than plug. <laughs> what? Yeah, do a little plug in there, that was man. Nice. Yeah, you like that? I have had butter. I'm trying to think. I've had a few people send me photos where they've like printed my photos themselves, and then they've used oh them as God. like 
tank backdrops, like you know, like those fake aquarium like plants. Yeah, like the ones you get, you have get on the roll at, at the. Yeah, like but like plant. like I've seen some dude just printed the Ranitamea poster and then used that as the background in his frog tank. Jeez. And I'm, I just could not understand the thought process behind that one. Probably confused the hell out of the frogs too. <laughs> it, it was just, just so weird. <laughs> Jeez, man. It's the internet, man. It's a, it's a very strange, Rod Serling esque place. Mm-hmm. Full of yeah, strange it is, people. It is wild. He was very excited to show me that too, and I was like, "Hey, like, I don't appreciate you just yeah, like, printing for my stuff. stealing my image." <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so happy you stole my photo. Thank you. Like, yeah. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Jeez. I think he was a such lot a fan. He just don't understand. He couldn't bring himself to pay for an image. Yeah. Right. Jeez. I get that from a lot of people, and like. Europe that don't want to pay the shipping on an image overseas, which like I get, but like I don't, I don't control that. Man, there was a guy so. over. Uh, he was over there. I don't know exactly where, but he had this picture. It's one of my favorite snake pictures of all time, and it was one of the Iranian species of viper. I can't remember which one exactly, and it was like on this sort of cliff overlooking like these really giant grassy knolls, and mm. like there was some sun coming through like some clouds, and it was. I'll have to find it. And I talked. I think to him I know about, what you're talking yeah, about. I can't remember what that guy's what I, I his had, Instagram is. I had talked to him about getting a print of that, and I think it would have been like seventy five bucks for everything shipped. And I was like, ah, I can't really like. A, I didn't take it or anything like that. I saved it on my phone because it was gorgeous. I think I used it as a wallpaper, which is the extent of my photo theft. <laughs> um, I won't report you. Thank you. <laughs> I will. But yeah, he wanted. It was like. Somewhere, I think it was about seventy-five bucks. And I was like, ah, one day, he's still yeah, it's, somewhere. It's it's yeah. just expensive to ship because you also like don't want to ship it rolled, yeah, or like folded. Yeah. It's like you could do it cheaper that way, but if you want it to show up <laughs> not bent, you gotta package it nice, which adds weight and then just goes mm-hmm. downhill from there. Yeah. But we are at an hour and a half. Yeah. So, where can everybody find you if they're not following you already which most of our listeners probably are but just in case There's probably a few <laughs> um so instagram is i am making art um one word and then facebook is zth photography i tried to get the zth photo instagram but this one guy has it and he wouldn't give it to me years ago so mm. I'm stuck with the <laughs> I am making art option. So it fits <laughs> better it anyways. It works. Yeah. It's yeah. actually so a quick story on that as we wrap up here. So the username is from this artist, John Baldessari, mm-hmm. who he was like a fine art painter, like very prolific, successful. And then he was just like, I'm done with this. And he burnt all of his paintings and then started Jeez. just like making what he was calling artwork and just sort of challenging what creating art even was. And he made this video that I saw in my photography class where he is just, he's probably like 60 years old in this video, standing in front of this plain white wall, just waving his arms around slowly, repeating the phrase, I am making art and just like declaring it and making it so 
<laughs> and I just thought that that was entertaining and a funny idea. So that's what I picked for my Instagram as kind of a joke. And then by the time I was like, oh, I guess this is like kind of serious now. I should probably change it. It was just too late. It's too late. <laughs> so now it's stuck. I don't. I mean, it is kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, like I kind of like it. No, I mean, just mean like the it. definition of art to begin with. Like it's yeah. so subjective. Yep. Right. You know, like like one, you wouldn't. One, one person would consider garbage. Another person is like, dude, that's awesome. It's, yeah. You know. True. It's, it's all art. Like man. I, I take photos of frogs and. Yeah. Like, I'm, museums I'm... have used it, and I've done like art gallery shows with it. So, I guess it's art. Yeah, it's art, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who thinks it's gross because they don't like frogs. It's a frog you on know, a piece of paper. Like, sure. it's, yeah, it's you know one of those things. People in our realm think it's amazing, but people in other realms may not. That's their For prerogative. Sure. Yeah. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. But you have a website, too, and an Etsy shop where people can buy prints? Uh, yeah, I do have an Etsy. I do technically have a website, but I don't really use it because I switched to Etsy. Um, there you go. Etsy is just etsy.com slash actually I'm going to look this up because I probably don't even know where Etsy <laughs> <Don't check. laughs> Yeah. A real professional, right? Yeah, man. Of Tell everyone to go to some random shop that has nothing to do with reptiles. <laughs> yeah, it is etsy.com slash shop slash ZTH photo. Um, it's got a little frog camera logo thing that's on my images, so you know you're in the right place and it's on my instagram and all that as well awesome man well so everybody go check out zach and support him and buy go buy some prints or something man he does some awesome stuff but you don't you do like limited runs of stuff too right yeah some prints i'll do like limited runs just like if i want to try out like a much more mm -hmm. expensive like higher quality paper or something like that uh, the pins that I do with uh, Adeline Robinson Art and Illustration, plug for her too. Uh, those are all limited run. Um, I really have a lot of fun doing those. I yeah. just kind of think of these crazy ideas, but I can't draw. <laughs> so I just text her and I'm like, what if we did a uh, marbled nude, but he's like a punk rock guy and he's got a leather studded jacket on and he's like <laughs> throwing up the horns. And here we are. We got a pin for it tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, no, I like the limited run sort of concept. Yeah. Like, I like knowing that what I have, like, there was only so many of those in existence. Like, yeah. That's one of the things about art I appreciate the most, especially, like, paintings and stuff, is, like, that's the only one. Yeah. That's it. For sure. You know, so I've always liked that that concept with, with arts. Yeah, for sure. But we cool. really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you, you guys having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime. Def definitely our pleasure. Yeah, it was fun to just sit and talk and hang out yeah we definitely appreciate it we do it every week yeah it's a good time i'm aware i do tune in <laughs> hey thank you for the support but yeah we'll have to have you on yeah. sometime again in the future for an update and all that good stuff yeah, yeah maybe after i shoot that larger black mamba again i can tell you how that went for a second yeah. time yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if you and Adeline work together on stuff, we can get both of you guys on in here and. Uh, She's the best man. Duo yeah, her, I gotta give yeah, a she, shout. Her artwork is incredible. Awesome. Yeah, she, we need to get her on she, the show. She was, she redid the, the PCE logo for me. Yeah. She did the HM logo, which I mean, granted, that's not a. It's an H and an M with a circle. It's not yeah. anything super fancy or complicated. It still but, looks badass. You though. know, she just. She helps me when I need help with InDesign. I message her. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know, she's just, she's very, 
yeah. she's awesome she's very yeah. patient and puts up with my nagging of questions all the time for sure but and she's doing logos for like everybody yeah dude everyone's getting yeah. seriously everybody yeah like i love the one I think uh, she matt most she did the shirts that were supposed to be at tinley but i don't like tinley didn't happen but i think she did the shirts for him this yeah. year yeah she did uh matt most's logos harper mitra mm. with that like chinese dragon drawing that one dude so that cool. was awesome yeah i saw that i was like man I'm she's done she's done that. carpet fest southeast carpet fest yep, two years in a row years. now did she do the one before that too yeah she did the okay. first one we had um i think that's where i first heard her name actually yeah. was the first carpet fest we had no, that was Jeff Frederick who did the twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, no, you're she right. Did this that one, was though, Jeff. I, yeah, I, no, yeah, yeah it's definitely that one. But you're right, it was Jeff that did the first yeah. one. That's but right. Regardless, but, she's awesome. Yeah. She was the industry spotlight in one of the issues recently. I think the issue yeah. before last. I'm losing count already, dude. This is about like I'm hoping we can drop issue eight tomorrow. Nice. I was I busted my ass today getting all the finishing touches. And about uh, ready. I, it's, I got some small stuff to finish up and go over everything and make sure Billy goes over it and make sure I didn't miss anything. And then we'll still miss stuff, but... Regardless. Always happens. Yeah. Dude, I, it drives me nuts. Like, I will go through that thing and I'll be like, okay, today I'm not going to have the TV on. I'm not going to have music on. I'm literally just going to focus and read through everything and make sure there's no duplicated paragraphs or anything mm-hmm. from when I was copying and pasting and swapping text and stuff. Mm-hmm. And... The last two or three issues, I put it out, and Riley, within like an hour, messages me, and he's like, dude, page 10. I'm like, are you kidding me? He'd be like, yeah, you duplicated that paragraph. And I'm like, oh, my God. And by that time, it's already up. I'm not going to take it down and put it back up. You know, it's like, God, it drives me nuts. I need to just start sending it to him and have him look at it. He's like a hawk. Yeah, for sure. I'll miss a speck of dust in a photo, (laughs) and I'll see it after I post it. And I'm like, Damn. oh well, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and then yeah. it, like, it'll get like the most likes of any photo I've ever posted, yeah, and it awesome. gets shared everywhere. I'm like, cool, well, that's just memorialized forever. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Well, that's like, I mean, the last issue we had Jason Dalen do an article on tiger, mm. tiger carpets, and there's a there's a duplicated paragraph in there. <laughs> I'm like, it's oh. like Damn. why, like why why Balin's article of all of them? It's like, yeah. come on, man, like the tiger carpet guy. Yeah, I managed to screw it up. For sure. Damn thing about being human. Yep. Pobody's nerfect. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Nice seizure, Pam. Zach, we appreciate it, man. Likewise. I'll talk to you guys later. Definitely. Right, appreciate it. Bye. 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 And of course. This episode was brought to you by our beautiful sponsors. Sean Wagner. MP Cages and Exotics, who I already butter liked, plugged earlier. Freezing. I love, I love his racks, man. I love them. They're great. I was eyeballing that tub right there, and I was like, man, I kind of... These? Yeah. kind of want a little little side-by-side, five-stack of those, man. Good do for like, do what, two. Two-year-old? Yeah. One-year-old? bigger than that i don't know i mean it depends on how much you feed my stuff i don't feed very fast so i could it's a 66 quart yeah it's it's a good size tub i got some uh i use that same size for my vitatis grow out bin for the froglets they're those 66 i was just looking at it and i saw you know two of them side by side little five stack little little 10 slot rack Mm. 
Or do like six, be sexy. like an Arboreal Rex six high. Like that would be good for yeah. condors that are in that like, like what you have two or three year range. Like yeah. this would be a step up from that. But I'm saying like I'm add two more levels that. to that, man. Go ahead and make it a make it a ten ten tub. That'd be pretty sweet. And then, of course, after you go and buy your cage you, or your rack. You go down, you get you some plain wings without any sauce on them. No sauce. But this is only after you've ordered your rack. And after you've ordered your venom sauce from Steve Snakesuary. Yes. And after it's come in the mail, you you drive your happy self down to your local wing, wing supply pl- store. Wing place. Get plain care. wings. And then you take whatever flavor in that arsenal. Whatever flavor your little taste buds desire. Yeah. Have a party. Have a hurricane. Do them all. That's right. That's what we we did. Take delicious. Buy like what, thirty five wings? Mm-hmm. Forty wings? Go to town. Five wings each, different flavors. Could have a little party out, do 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 different do different bowls. Sunday. Football season is upon us if the virus allows it. It's not looking good. <laughs> but doesn't mean you still can't sit around with yeah. people and eat on Doritos and drink Bud Light. Yeah, talk about some snakes. hot wings. Talk about snakes, man. It's an awesome. It is a conversation piece. Yeah, like you have it on your shelf. People are like, dude, what's that? Yeah, and then like, that, man, and there's that's this the guy beauty. in Louisiana. He has a snake sanctuary, and he helps fund like the feeding and the caging of all the animals with his hot sauce. Yeah. Hello. I'm all sweaty and gross. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Uh, that was funny. Uh, but we will see y'all next week. This is yes. episode 82. Of Everyone now, we podcast. have proof of life. Jake is, in fact, yes, alive. Yes, I am here. I love how I do hand gestures. Like, there's, like people are actually there's watching. people watching. Yeah. No. But Slow. I think you're going to have to say goodbye to this hair. So I think I'm going to get chopped off this weekend. Yeah, with me being up for the new position, I kind of uh, want to yeah, go like a bum. Go the profesh route, you know what I mean? <laughs> Got to chop off the chop off the locks, go clean cut again. But it's, what been, it's been nearly two years, so a long time coming. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's no way you've been growing that out two years. Carpet dude. Carpet Fest was a year and like two months. Pretty really? sure. Yeah. So it's been. Maybe a year and a half. I figured it would be a lot longer than that. You do, I mean, you dude, do have those Joe Dirt jeans it's going lo- on with it's the patchy longer, beard. And... It's longer than you realize. I mean, this crap's down, down to my collarbone. It just doesn't because it kind of flips a little like bit. Like I said, you look like Hager's twin. Or does Hager look like my twin? Uh, I think it's a yeah. He's got condors, you know. Uh, oh, 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 all right. Bye. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>